Welcome to Season 2 of Your Daily Chocolate, where you'll continue to get funny stories, clean jokes, and interviews with inspiring people. You made this podcast one of the top 25% most shared podcasts globally and top 25% most followed. Nice to know that good news is appreciated, and Patty's committed to delivering the antidote to all that negativity. Like chocolate, this podcast is meant to make you feel good, and it's good for you. Enjoy. You might not recognize the name D.C. Glenn, who is my guest today, but I'd venture to guess that you have heard of Tag Team. It's an American hip-hop pop rap duo uh, out of Atlanta, Georgia, that was best known for a song in the 90s called Woomp, There It Is. And if you aren't familiar with that, you probably will recognize how it came back in 2020 in a Geico commercial as Scoop, There It Is. DC Glenn is a talented guy, more than just a singer, actor, voiceover artist, and has really made a practice out of finding the positive in the negative. And as you'll see, he has constantly reinvented himself. I hope you enjoy this conversation. DC, welcome to your Daily Chocolate. What an honor to have you here today. It is great to be here. I love it. I think you, back in the 90s, Ellen, you still are part of an incredible duo called the Tag Team. And together you put out a song, Whoop, There It Is. Did you know, first of all, did you write that? Okay. Did you know when you wrote it and when you recorded it that it was going to be one of these songs that, I think it went to number two on the Billboard charts at one point. And 30 years later, people are still playing it. Did you know that? Yeah. I mean, I, okay, so... My hubris as a young man was uncontrollable. So every song I made, I thought was going to be a hit record. But <laughs> There It Is was special. And because I was a DJ and saw the response, I knew it was. But I've never been one to get too excited about things. And one never to be, I never wanted to be a star. I just love the music industry, right? Yeah. The beauty of my life is that really nobody knows who I am, but they know who I am. And I can walk into a mall and nobody knows who I am. I can live my life. But if I want to turn it on, I can turn it on. Attention, I can get attention. And that is a good, that is a good thing to have in your pocket because we all want attention. We all like attention. If you're, if you don't like attention, you're lying. (laughs) The attention that you want, that you think that you have to control to sequester, right? Right, right. That's, I love what I do. And there it is, was people think it was this big Manhattan project and we had on lab coats and we're conducting theorems and not. And it was just a song, just like every other. The thesis was every genre of music, country, rock and roll, hip hop, blues, chasing women on a Friday night, getting drunk having fun <laughs> that is the the crux of every song in every genre for since the beginning of time right it's all about women so or in the case of country trucks and, and, and party and, yeah 
getting to be drunk in your truck on a Friday, <laughs> crying over a woman or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's all, it, it, and that's what it was. It was a simple song. And at the time, I was DJing at a club in uh, Atlanta. And my hubris as a young man, like every song I make is going to be a hit song. But I pl- the first time I played it, I've been DJing for 30 years. And today, still, it's the biggest response on any record I've ever had. Yeah. And what I was playing it, I stopped playing it. Then I started playing again. And then a rep from Columbia Records was in the house. This is 92. Okay. And back then, it was only New York and L.A. for record company. And they had representatives in every region. So my Southwest rep for Columbia Records was Alan Cole. He heard it. He was like, what's that? And I was like, that's my new song. He's like, give me that. So he took the tape up to New York. And then I started getting calls from Columbia. And then I was like, hey, I'm giving it to everybody. So I've got all these record companies calling me, but they're not knowing what to do with the up-tempo bass music that permeated the Southeast. And I almost gave up, but a young lady named Lisa McCall told you need to call Al Bell. For those who don't know who Al Bell is, in the beginning of soul music, there were three record companies. There was Philly International, uh, Motown, Barry Gordy, and Stax Records, Al Bell. And fast forward, maybe 20 years later, he had another label called Bellmark, and he had put out a song called Daisy Dukes with another bass group in the Southeast. And... It went gold. So I was like, I'll take gold because I just want to be a rock star. That's all I care about. (laughs) I gave him a call. took him about two weeks to call me back. And I was like, look, man, I got a hit record. It's just blowing up. I'm a DJ. You got to sign us. He's like, okay. I was like, no, no, don't play with me, man. Come on now. He's like, no. I was like, you haven't even heard the record, sir. And he was like, I'll never forget these words. He said, brother, I don't have to hear the record. I hear it in your spirit. Let's get this thing moving. And I gave up my two weeks at the club I was at, signed a messed up record contract. And in a month and a half, tag team was platinum and the rest is history. I love it. And so how many albums at that time did y'all put out? So at that time, it's about 4 million singles. So it's about 7 million now. Okay. And a million and a half albums. So we did well, but our record contract was not structured the way for us to benefit from that. So That was very common back in that day, wasn't it? It's because everybody wants to be a star. I am not, right? And I did do my due diligence, but I had a lawyer who was a paralegal. No, that's not a lawyer. Yeah. Exactly. To his credit, he did tell us not to sign it, but I, I was like, I'll sign it and I'll deal with it later. So I've never been bitter. Because I responsibility as a grown man, right? And when you do that, it's not as bad as you think it is because I, when like I said before, life is baked in the cake. Things are going to happen to you, but it's how you respond. Do you look at the glass half full or do you look at the glass half empty? Yeah. Always glass half full. So I said, own it, take responsibility for it, and never let it happen again. Right. Do better going forward. That's how you turn trauma into treasure, right? And I always, any traumatic thing that happens to me, I will educate myself so it doesn't blindside me again. See, things are going to happen in life, but my goal is not to get blindsided. Because if you get blindsided, that means you have no recourse to to know what to do. So I always try to not let life, because this is what happens to people. 
They get complacent. They get comfortable. It's nobody's fault. But life passes you by. Life keeps mm-hmm. going. Right? And if you don't keep up, I've watched a lot of people pass on because they stopped learning and they didn't keep up. Yeah. Right. And they went, you can't use the principles of 1970s in 2023. There's the fun, there are fundamental things you can use. Right. And that's the beauty of old school that, and I tell people this all the time because people always, they're negative about young people in so many different ways. But I'm like, 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 like this. This is the main one I hear. Young people want it fast. They want it. They want it quick. They don't want to work for it. I'm like, oh, folks don't want to work for it either. Right. <laughs> don't put that on them. Don't put that on them. And then what makes it even worse for older folks or, or older people is that they know better because right. they have the thing that young people do not have, which is experience. experience. Yeah. And if you've got experience, why can't you keep it going? Because experience that means education in your later years equals opportunities that you never would have thought of. And now I stand before you with opportunities that are hitting me in the head left and right and I always have a headache because <laughs> it's another opportunity. But that's because I've hustled. That's because I've educated myself. I'm my own publicist. Yeah. I'm on, I do SEO, search engine optimization, which is the ability to get on the first page of Google. Right. I do marketing all aspects of it right i've learned how i do a podcast pretty much every day i don't care who i do a podcast for i'm doing from the smallest to the biggest because i'm trying to help people right and i give what i want first yeah that's why i'm always blessed and it's just a testament to continuing your education and i've got methods and hacks and systems that help me do that. And one of them, the biggest one is joining organizations. I'm a part of 30 different organizations. How do you balance all of that? Because, because they, they all want your time and you have to give in order to because get. Because you're in an organization, you're in an organization. I'm in the Grant Writers Association, right? And there are thousands of people in that organization and they love their profession. And they've been doing it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. If I go to that convention and talk to people and meet people and network, I have cut my bridge to what to know in half, even three, three fourths. That is true. Yeah. Last year, I actually sat by happenstance with the vice president of the organization. And I was like, oh my God, tell me how this whole thing works. And she gave me the hierarchy and how it works. I was like, I'm not trying to do all that. Get a nonprofit, do this, do that. But as we were talking, she was like, I, wait a minute, scratch that. You're a motivational speaker. You do speaking engagements? Wait a minute. This is, she said, scratch what I just said. She said, if you're trying to get a grant for those things that you're doing, put your courses together. And then I will help because she's a funder, right? So funders, when the government, philanthropists, every organization that wants to do charity or give back, she gets the money and then she doles it out and then she does due diligence, right? And she's very good at it. And she's like, I will help you sell the courses to the nonprofits. Five-day concert, I mean, five-day convention. This was day two. After that, I got on the plane, went back to Atlanta. 
So you see how I cut that time down by at least 90 to 95% because I talked yep. to somebody doing it forever. Yeah. And people who are in organization. So you get, I go to organizations, I wear a big boom, there it is t-shirt, I become a magnet. And then everybody can't wait to tell me how they know more than this person and they know this and they know. <laughs> Fine, in organizations, everybody is trying to help each other. That's what it is for because their profession thrives on everybody being at their best, right? And then telling everybody about it. And when you know that you put put in the work and you're part of an organization and people trust you, you will give them all the things that they need. So I became my own publicist because I was in the Public Relations Society of America. I'm, uh-huh. a, I'm a public speaker because I'm in the NSA, National Speakers Association. And every organization has local chapters, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm in Coin Laundry Association because I was Thinking about doing a laundromat, I'm in Notary Public, Notary Association of America because I wanted to be a signing agent. Um, all kind of music organizations, movie organizations, because I'm an actor. Anything that I want to learn, I will find an organization or society to, or association to learn it. And I just joined the Genealogy Society because uh-huh. I my brother do some family history stuff. And you do a lot of things. I mean, you're not only a singer, actor, voiceover artist. I mean, you're obviously a writer and a you know, motivational speaker. And are you still out on the road with tag team or are you just kind of do events? Because I know how to stay. I know how to create the relevance play. So all you got to do is stay relevant. You don't have to stay relevant in society. You stay relevant on the Internet. If I'm optimized. And I can get in front of all the buyers and they see I'm there. It's like, they're not saying, how did he get here? They're saying, oh, tag team is on vanilla ISIS. Okay. So a cert is when you type in, if, you, if I type in tag team, then all the results that come back, that page is called the cert. All okay. right. So if I write about how fun it is for us to tour with vanilla ice and optimize it, I'm going to be number one or number two on his cert. Right. I had to go to the buyers and reverse engineer how concerts work. And I go to the buyer, not the promoter, not the talent agent, not all the middle people, but the top. And I say, what is your, how do you put together a concert? They say, we go to Polestar to see what the artist is doing. Then we go to their website to see what their schedule is like. And then we do this, that, that. I said, oh, you go to the artist's web, you type in the artist in a search. So if I plant that seed on Vanilla Ice's cirque, yeah, I don't expect anything from it. I just plant the seed. Right. But they might see what's tag team doing here. And they'd say, what, you know what? That might be, they might be good with Vanilla Ice. Call them too. How can we get in touch with them? All my information is there. All you got to do is I've optimized myself to be found. Yeah. Tag, DC Glenn, anywhere you go, you can find me. That's the key. It took me years to figure that out. But that's what sometimes it takes that. It so takes, when it takes, it takes a college education every four years of your life to do something different to master it. Right. So is, is that how Geico came to you with the scoop? There it is. idea. did they come to you or did you come to them? Okay, so that to me, this is the story I tell because this is how I see it. 2011. I'm at work DJing. Because after the lawsuit and all that, I had to go back to the club because I thought 
I'm going to sue the record company, but I didn't realize that the record company has long money. I've got this little bit of money that I thought. <laughs> so I had to go back to what I love the most, DJing. That's not a problem because I was getting show money when I was DJing because of what I who I was. Right. Very lucrative for me. But during that time, I educated myself. Self-help books, Robert T. Kiyosaki, Zig Ziglar, Think and Grow Rich. I've been through all of them. 2011, I'm at work. I get a call. Hey, DC, there's this lady on the phone and she will not get off the phone. I was like, which one of these women? I don't know. Oh, get on the phone. And it was a reporter from the New York Times. And I was like, can you please call me tomorrow morning? The record's about to go off. Please call me tomorrow morning. She said, okay. She called me the next day. She said, have you seen the Gawker article? And Gawker was like a troll magazine back in the day, right? And he said, the world thinks that Barack Obama was in your music video. And back then, <laughs> healthcare and everything, and they were just trying to find any little thing to discredit Barack Obama. And the group that Al Bell signed the year before is Deuce. This guy, one of the rappers is L.A. Snow. They did a frame of him, and it looks exactly like a young Barack Obama. Uh-huh. You can look it up. You, if you looked up Barack Obama tag team, or Barack Obama, whoop, there it is, you'll see you'll see tons of what happened was every she gave everybody my number now everybody's calling me and for two weeks we did nbc abc cbs genie most did an expose on us got a genie most expose do you know how historic that is stephen colbert show all that we did all that and after two weeks i didn't have a dollar in my pocket and i said that'll never happen again yeah and because we didn't have a web presence and that's what started my learning how to build websites, learning SEO, learning how to digital market, learning ins and outs of social media, right? And fast forward to 2020, I get a call from my acting agent. And she's like, DC, you just booked a Geico commercial. I'm like, Lena, why are you playing with me in a pandemic? I haven't even auditioned for a Geico commercial. She's like, no, DC, tag team. And I was like, oh. And because of that journey in SEO, I made myself be found through my authority and all the entities and corralling all those articles from back in the day and archiving and all this and making sure every profile across the internet was filled out correctly. And they didn't wait. They called my phone. They found my number on the website, called the phone, but I didn't answer. But they to my IMDB where all my agent's information is. They call my agent. My agent calls me. I'm like, this is synergy because I can let my agent deal because that's what they do. Right. And it is the biggest, most lucrative deal I've ever done in my life. And I always try to take one opportunity and turn it into 10. And that's what I did with the Geico commercial. And it is reaping benefits to this day because I prepared for that commercial. That's what made me become my own publicist because publicists didn't want to work during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. That's what made me start. Let me tell you something. I joined PRSA because all the publicists were like, we don't kind of know what to do with a Geico commercial because it came out blazing on Christmas. Yeah. I was like, we, but usually when that happens, you're on concert forever, but we're in a pandemic, so I can't do shows. So I said, I got to do something. So do this publicist thing so you can blow that up and then parlay that with acting and voiceover because I shot two movies during the pandemic. I did like five commercials because I reinvented myself with voiceover. And what was the voice of the pandemic, we're all in this together. COVID, right? 
And then it was like this week on NBC. I am very good at voiceover, right? So I've been training for voiceover for years, yeah. right? But it that's what it what came about in the pandemic because at the beginning of the pandemic, which is actually the greatest thing that ever happened to me, the other side is the other side. We all know that side. But the other side is everybody was had asked themselves the same question. What the hell am I going to do? Right. Right. I chose to reinvent myself. So I just went back over all my tapes that I recorded from all my coaches and voiceover, organized them and then redid it. And I couldn't believe it was such a growth thing because I it wasn't that I had the lessons over. It was the fact that I was listening to myself talk 10 years prior and my hubris was like, I could whoop, there it is, my way through anything. Yeah. I was wrong. And I practiced and practiced, and that's how I came up. And then once the Geico commercial hit, they were like, it's going to be called Soup, There It Is, because that's what it originally was. No, really? Looking through Seinfeld episodes, trying to find the Soup Nazi episodes, get ideas, right? Because I'm an actor, I prepare. It's like, no, no, we're going to do ice cream. And I was like, oh, that's beautiful, because that's visceral for me, because my father used to put egg, sugar, milk, vanilla in a bowl, get ready. My brother would go get the ice, put it into the cylinder. I'm from Denver, so we had rock salt. Put rock, that makes yeah. it cool. He poured in and then we churn. Well, I think we did that twice and then he got an electric one, <laughs> right? And then after 20 minutes, there's two kids with a big spoon eating ice cream out of a cylinder. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted that, I wanted to imprint that on society because that's my beautiful memory of ice cream. Right. Thinking that way. So I said, what can I do? And as an actor, my audition, when I auditioned for commercials, they it's like, go to get go to improv class. I was good at improv. But they don't tell you when the pressure's on you, you're trying to okay. five thousand things to do and you end up doing just whatever. I said, you know what? I'm going to I get the, the the treatment. I get the, it's called a pitch day for the commercial, what it's about and everything. So I say, hey, let me come up with five things that I can just think of and have them in a the hole and practice them. So when I go mm-hmm. do an audition, if they say, hey, so you've done what we want, show us a little something extra. I don't have to think about it. I could just go one, two, three, four, five instead of 5,000. Well, if I do this and this, yeah. seconds don't pass then. But why? what I say, oh yeah, I, I'm going to use this one. And I booked my first national commercial for Pizza Hut March Madness. And that was in February 2020, two weeks yeah. later. Yeah. Every, I said that I lost that commercial, but I was happy because I got booked. Fast forward, I did the same thing with the Geico commercial. I said, I'm, I want to come up with a spinning scoop because we had a production meeting the night before. I said, hey guys, should I throw a couple ideas at you? Like whatever you want to do. See, I got this, I tried to fabricate this spinning scoop, but I just couldn't get anybody to make it. It's like, it'll be done tomorrow. I was like, whoa. It's like, I know kids love sprinkles. I got some sprinkle ideas. Like DC will have a truckload. Like we do, I do this kind of dance. Like anything you guys want to do, we're doing. And because of that preparation, that's where the spin and scoop comes from. That's where sprinkles come from. That's where the energy comes from because it was prepared. And they let tag team be tag team. So that's why it's so fun. And yeah, when they, when we shot all day and they couldn't believe how much energy we had the whole day. And then it was over. And then once we got it, like a couple of weeks before Christmas, I tried to find, I looked at it about 50 times, couldn't I? I was like, this is going to be, I knew yeah. it. And it dropped worldwide YouTube campaign and it just never stopped. And yeah. 
I'm like, this is blowing up and I can't do anything. I said, join pub, join a pub publicity comp organization. Yeah, PRSA. I remember yeah. Super Bowl week. I am on this Zoom call with this 40-year veteran. I got his PR company and I raised my hand because we could do that. I said, our press release is still relevant because I had a press release written and I was going to throw it out there. But I said, some told me to wait. And they said, what's it for? I said, I'm kind of featured in this national Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. And I'm looking at the chat. And it's like, wait a minute. That's not him. What's he doing here? My dad loves that commercial. Uh-huh. That commercial. My auntie loves that commercial. Oh, my God. And it's like, all right, everybody calm down. It's good to have you in PRSADC. The moderator was telling me. And then the professional, beautiful lady, she was like, of course that press release is going to work. You know why? Because this whole, the whole last year and a half has been, every story has been COVID. Right. Or it's been political. And here you guys come spinning scoops and throwing sprinkles and DC, your smile. You're going to go here for all of the publicists, here for all the TV talk shows, yeah. here for journalists, here for all the podcasts. She gave me the entire breath of her professional career in 10 minutes. And it has changed my life forever. And it is the reason that you and I are talking right now. Yeah. You see how you take opportunity and turn it into 10 different things? Yeah. So since you'd like to take one opportunity and turn it into 10, has that scoop, there it is, turned into other iterations? I know NBA has used hoop, there it is. But I was thinking you could have like a anti-wrinkle cream and it would be droop, there it is, wrinkles. Yes, here's the thing. I, what I did with that commercial is I infiltrated Geico. I infiltrated the Martin Agency. I infiltrated Nielsen. I infiltrated all these entities because they were the ones that were doing the data on the commercial. So in business terms, I'm creating my value add. So when I want to do more commercials, I can slap down a folder on the table and be like, why should we use you? I'm like, this is why. Right. Did my due diligence because I'm on the cover of the biggest trade at trade magazine in the world. Yeah. Right. Because I got a Clio because I've got a, a can film advertising festival award, golden lion, because I got all these accolades and because this wasn't luck, this was preparation. And I said, and, and if I go to somebody and they're giving me flack, I said, okay. Cause like, I know there'll be another, I was going to have like seven different Geico commercials and pitch them, but I know that Geico doesn't do double. So therefore, why would I, I'm not going to do that because but that, but then really the reason is because they told me at the end of it, that this is the biggest Geico commercial that's ever been. Yeah. I said, I said bigger than a caveman. It was like, yeah. I said bigger than the hump. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I can actually say that. And. Yeah. It's just like, whoop, there it is. Everybody's like, when you going to do new music? Why? I got a forever hit record. So I'm not going to try to make another whoop, there it is, because it can't be done. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to make another Geico commercial. And it can't be done. Yeah. But if I do go to Geico maybe a year from now and pitch these ideas, and they're like, oh, we're just not trying to do that right now. It's like, okay, I'll just go to State Farm or Allstate or. That's right. right. Yeah. And I think people will be surprised at this conversation because. You haven't made a comeback. You have kept the candle burning all of this time and have continuously learned and and promoted and networked. And that's how it's all paying off, right? I mean, I don't do what I've done in the last 30 years. 
Whoop There Is is just a hit song that's on the shelf that gets played right. on radio now and then. Right. Because I've done what I've done, dude, it is a classic. It is a forever hit record because I yeah. can, everybody, I can tell the story of how it was in Elf, how it was in all these different movies, how it was in all these different commercials, right? Yeah. And that is what I do. So if I really want, and that's the beauty of what I do, is that I could take a show that I did last year, write a blog post about it, and people will think we did that show last week. Yeah. Yeah. So I can get the relevance when I need it. I can tell the, and it's all about storytelling. People love to read good stories. Yeah. Simple, straightforward, easy to follow stories. And that's what I do. And I try to teach people, but what I do is not for everybody. And I tell people, I can't do it for you, but I'll teach you, but I'm not going to. First thing I do is I give people homework. I said, read this and call me back in a month. And 98% of the people don't. Right. Um, so everybody wants to be a star. Everybody wants yeah. to. They don't want to do homework. Just tell me how to do it. I'm like, all you got to do is book and call me back in a month. If you don't understand it, I'll explain it to you because you attempted to try to understand it. Yeah. And because I've had a couple people do that. And they were like, but I still I was like, that's cool. You, I know that you tried to read it. So here's what it is. I tell them and it's like, don't I got to do this, that, and that? I was like, what you don't realize, I've given you the back end first in the music industry. The front end is the money, the women, the cars, the fame, the glory, all that. But what happens when that fades? Yeah. What do you have left? All you have left is, do you have your rights? Can you go license that record to anybody, that song to anybody? Do, is that your song? Because if you don't have rights, then you did all that for nothing. And if you have your rights, and the reason I show this first, because I fully have confidence now that you won't get taken advantage of in the record industry. And that's the most important thing to me because of my experiences. Right. Teach you how not to get taken advantage of. Nobody thinks about that. Everybody's like, here's how you make it. And it's like, you're not teaching them the right. Hey, I'm not judging. That's what you want to teach. That's what you want to teach. But I'm doing the back end first. Yeah. I'm a solutions guy. I think of the most far-fetched, pie-in-the-sky, fantastical solution to any problem, any excuse. That's why I keep negative people around me because... They say keep negative people away from you. Like, the people that are most negative are the ones you love the most. Better figure it out. Yeah. Figure out a way to cope with it. Right. I, I, the way I cope with it is that every time they say something negative, I don't get in my feeling. I say, what if they were, what if what they were saying was accurate? What would you do about it? And that's where the, the nuggets of gold lie in the negativity. The positive, I, I say, Find the positive in the negative. So I'm like, an excuse, I'm thinking pie in the sky. Like, here's what I see. Here's my vision of what the solution is. Man, DC, you can't do that. What if I come back one step? Now you still can't do it. What if I come back another step? Yeah, maybe. Not right now. What if I come back another step? Yeah, I see you doing that. Come back another step. Yeah, you've done all that. And what they don't realize is that I've just created a reverse stepladder to my goals and dreams. Yeah. There you go. Thing back to practicality. Yeah. Right. So now I know now it's now, now it's time to see what you're made of. Now it's time to put in the work. The steps because you've worked your way back. Right. So there's no only one stopping you is you. But you know how hard it is to get people to think like that? That's because they want like to be miserable. They like to wallow in their misery. They like to 
argue. They like to be right. They like to, they let, I've watched people die from pride and ego because when you get older, you think that you have so much experience that you can doctor on yourself. Yeah. And I watched that happen to my father. My father used to always tell me, son, he who has a doctor for himself has a fool for a doctor. Yeah. They say that about lawyers as well, right? Like, yeah. Well, because I'm trying to tell you how to do this, that, and that. And you're just like, I don't need that. Right. People doctor on themselves. And I'm just like, you guys are that right there. And I catch myself doing that sometimes. That's why I am like I am, because I will find the positive and the negative. I can thrive in the bizarre world. Some of the older folks in the world. And I survive in the upside down. You knew yeah. it, right? Like, I know I can go to the worst and thrive in it because I'm always looking for the positive and the negative. I love it. And that's a great place for us to stop, actually. We're running out of time, but thank you so much for your time. And before I let you go, I always end with some rapid fire questions. So first thing that comes to mind, right? So I know there's a scoop ice cream. What's your favorite flavor? Mine's just straight up French vanilla. That's it. French vanilla or vanilla. And um, then French vanilla mixed with orange sherbet. That ooh. is it. Oh my God. All right. That's an interesting combo. Is there somebody that you still want to collaborate with, whether it's singing or acting? Acting. I want to collaborate with the greats. You know what I mean? I would love to, to have conversations with Denzel. I would love to have conversations with great actors, right? Yeah. And I think that's about it. Everything else. Or maybe talk to some billionaires. See, because I, I did that with the CEO of the Martin Agency who did the Geico commercial. Spent a whole day with it. Yeah. When you get to talk to people like that, you get to verify if you're moving in the right direction. Right. Like, that's a great idea. This is all, this, this is the only thing I would, this is the only thing I could tell you. And it was just something small, right? It wasn't like a big overhaul of my whole theory. I was on the right trajectory. And that's what that does for you. Love it. Okay. I know that you appeared on The Masked Singer. Would you ever compete on The Masked Singer? Of course. Are you scheduled? Nah, but I would, <laughs> I, and I would do well. I know I would. Yeah. If I could sing. But one, because I've been a DJ my whole life and my whole perspective on anything I do is from the DJ booth perspective where I came up in a time where if you are a DJ and the dance floor doesn't stay packed, you don't have a job. Right. That's how I am in life. Yeah. Everything is the D everything is the dance floor. Yeah. Right. Don't have people engaged. I don't, I'm not good at what I do. So that's how I know that I'm a great entertainer or just a great analyzer of human nature and know how to push those buttons and to create energy in people that they by the time it's over, they're wore out and they can't believe how good a time they have. And it's a shock to them. Yeah. What a great feeling. Yeah, exactly. All and right. And because this is called your daily chocolate, what's your favorite chocolate? I like regular high quality milk chocolate. You have just, a favorite brand? Just a Hershey's bar. Really? Just a Hershey's bar. No, no nuts in it. No nothing. Just a Hershey's bar. Or my, really my favorite is, okay, I got three favorites. Hershey's not really here, but you said chocolate. Now, I'm sure there are other chocolates like Godiva and whatnot, but they always mess it up by mixing all kind of other junk with it, right? So, You're purist. Yeah, I'm a pure. I just like the chocolate. Give me a little pallet of chocolate and I'm good. It Godiva, you know, and that's what I try to find. But if we're talking can Reese's, Heath Bar, 
those are my favorites. Okay. Yeah. Love it. DC, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. I will make sure that I put all of your links in the show I'm notes a- so that people can find you. It's real simple and you'll have everything you need after the podcast. I'll send it to you. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. You take care. Take care. Bye-bye. I don't know about you, but I certainly learned a lot from talking with DC about constantly learning, about finding the positive and the negative, and continuously reinventing yourself and making sure that you stay relevant. All great tips. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, share it with your friends, give us a like, or make a comment, review, feedback, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. But in any case, come back next week. November 13th is actually World Kindness Day. And I'll be talking to best-selling author Michael Brent Collins. He has written more than 50 books, most of them in the horror genre. And before you say horror, how does that relate to National or World Kindness Day? You'll just have to come back and see. So until then, enjoy. Enjoy.